0: Wow, that was so very powerful. We're in for a really powerful morning together. I, I love Agape Orphan Sunday because we get to celebrate what God is doing, and we get to be a part of what God's doing right now. And, and what thrills me is a lot of times you're preaching about something, you're like, we need to start doing this. The awesome thing about our topic today is so many of you are doing this. I want to bring two couples up this morning, uh, the Lassiters. And also the Phillips, and over the last year, they have uh, been providing foster care. And we just want to hear from them for a a couple moments about what this has meant to them. So welcome these guys to the stage. Yeah, make make them feel comfortable. William loves this spotlight. He He just asks me every Sunday if he can get up. So let's start with William, all right? What first motivated you guys to do this?
1: So Shannon and I adopted 11 years ago, and um, we've been involved with Agape for that long too, and we thought, you know, for several years, wow, we want to do this foster thing too. And we kept delaying and saying, now's not the time, now's not the time. Well, we kept thinking about it. Every time we came with an excuse, we're just being selfish. And so the fact that, some of our best friends had the same heart wanted to do the same thing we thought well now's the time and, and that's kind of the reason we we got into it I think
0: I mean just just to let everybody know how many children do you already have before you started we,
1: this? we have six okay, so it's good what's one more right what,
0: what, yeah, what's our excuse <laughs> right how about you guys
2: yeah I'll uh, start um uh so so uh, growing up at Vaughn Park and then coming to Landmark um um I think even at Auburn church, I can't remember, but, um, I've had probably 35, 36 years of Sundays like this, you know, agape is a very common name, uh, in the Lasseter household. Um, and, and so while, you know, for those 35 years, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't the right time then, or something was working on me. Um, uh, we got to a point, we got to, uh, uh nine and 11 and, um, our, They're both just uh, so awesome to to, to be a part of it, so uh, for for me, it was a seed that was planted so long ago and and, kind of finally worked on us enough to to get here.
0: I mean, that's what we love about this Sunday, is a lot of seeds can be planted. What's your, I mean, we we know there's all this excitement and applause right now, but what's your actual experience over the last year in being foster parents?
1: Katie, go first. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to answer this one. <laughs> it's been amazing. Like it's been, I say I've run the gamut of emotions with it because it's been so hard in so many ways. But then, in in so many ways, I've gotten to see God's goodness like up close and personal. Um, it's been very painful um, and hard, but it's also been. It's taught me a lot. It's taught me about. God's love. It's taught me about people and how God just provides for you when you need it. Um, but it's, it's just been a challenge, but it's been a great challenge too. I'm glad we stepped out of our comfort zone. I've loved seeing my kids sacrifice, um, for another child to be in our family. That's been a blessing. Um, but yeah, I feel like God's been working on me all along and, um, and I've really gotten to see how he has provided for our baby um so it's i hadn't yeah. thought
0: about what you said there katie is what this is teaching your children and these are these are lessons you could never teach any other way how about you Sean?
3: um for us we got our first placement in may a little baby girl and um immediately we fell in love with her and my kids like kind of like katie was saying your kids just adapt i mean when they have a child that comes into their home that they need love, like there's just no hesitation and no question. And I was just so proud of our kids and how like how well they loved her with no questions asked and then how well they were able to say goodbye to her, probably a lot better than I could. Um, but, you know, the goal in foster care is always reunification. Like that's what you want. You want redemption for these families and you want to see families put back together, um, but it's still hard to say goodbye. Um, and so your heart, you, like, you tell your head that all day long, like, okay, this is temporary, this is going to be temporary, like, we're just doing this as a temporary thing, but then your heart just loves, like, recklessly, and you oh. can't help it. And so when you say goodbye, it hurts, like, it hurts a lot. Um, and I think in all that, like, God just taught me just that he is steady and he is good and that our world is just broken and it's a fallen world and he hurts for it just like we hurt for it too so like it was comforting just to have God right alongside me like walking me through this friends right alongside too and people out here that supported us and loved on us and just like came over to cry with me if I needed to cry and um so it just really uh it it really it I wanted to give up. I didn't want to do it again. Um, selfishly, I didn't want to go through the pain over and over and over. But then I'm like, but then where would these kids be? Like, where would they be? What kind of pain would they experience if I didn't go through this pain? And so I was like, okay, God, I'll do it again. Like, we'll do it again. So.
0: Thank you all for giving us a realistic picture. You've been already touching on this in a beautiful way, but what does this taught you about God's heart?
1: Well, um, as you're about to let everybody know that it's uh, pretty important to him, and, you know, how can we portray God's heart if if we don't have that same feeling? And I think that's the bottom line. Um, In Psalm, it says that God places the lonely in families, Mm -hmm. and um, it's just really neat the way God has provided families for these babies. Um, Just by working on people's heart and just motivating them to take care of them, because that's what they need and not only is it our family but it's it gives them grandparents and aunts and uncles in a community that they wouldn't otherwise have um and so it's just neat the way that god is is the goodness in the world and you get an up close look at the, the darkness and when you get involved and then god is what we have to cling to so do you
2: yeah, you know the one thing I think I would add is um, we live in a fallen world, right? Um, I mean, everywhere along the way from the beginning of creation, that there's there's these things that don't measure up, and and <clears throat> um, it's it's uh, no surprise that that while the government has great intentions, things fall off along the way. Um, obviously, the, the DHR workers that are there have have one of the hardest jobs of, of just you know the calls any out of the night. Uh, we, this is our first year to do this, and so one thing that I can say with, with 100% certainty is that we could not do it without Agape. Um, th- there are many families that go directly and work with DHR, and, and my hat's off. Um, we have a liaison with, the, with Agape that, that that helps us to kind of keep a constant in just our short time, I don't know if we've had three or four different DHR workers, but one person with Agape, even with our tips training, she was right there with us. Yes. And so th- there's this, this person that's ready to hold your hand, to cry with you the whole way through. And for us, it was essential to be able to partner with somebody like Agape.
0: Guys, we love you guys. Thank you so much for setting the pace. You preached a sermon don't get your hopes up, but you, 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 you have preached a beautiful sermon. Give these guys a hand. Thank them for leading the way. They, they've made my job so easy. Um, what we were texting back and forth earlier in the week, uh, Ben sent me a text and said, you know, I've, I've just never been more proud to be a part of the Landmark family than to see the way we're embracing agape and But I love the last line he said. He said, caring for orphans and widows is as clear as it gets. You know, sometimes you have to preach something with a lot of interpretation and a lot of explanation. Oh, this is, this is so simple. We're just going to look at some scriptures this morning. As we go through, I want you to be on your toes because when you see part of the scripture in yellow, that's where you're going to read along with me. See, here's our point. God cares about orphans a lot. I mean, we we talk about, does does God have, you know, favorites? If if you wanted to make an argument, you probably could go through Scripture and say, it's the down and out, it's those on the fringe, it's the widows, the orphans, the immigrants, that God has a special place His heart for. Let's start here, first of all, in Psalm chapter 10. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted, and you encourage them, and you listen their cry. Read with me. Defending... Let's start. Let's, Let's do this again. Let's go. Defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. Can you imagine the terror of being out on your own? Listen to Psalm 68. You'll start with me. Read this. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in His holy dwelling. And I love Psalm 146. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the way of the wicked. Oh, I love those passages. And then the challenge for us is that God intends his people to care about orphans a lot. Read this verse from Psalm 82 with me. Here's the command to us, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Our hearts and our actions are to reflect the Father's. And then listen to the command in Isaiah chapter 1. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Here we go. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. And then you know this passage from James where he says, If you want to know what real religion looks like, it's probably not what you thought. Here's what it looks like. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this: Read with me: to look after orphans and widows in stress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Like Ben said, it's crystal clear. God has a heart for the fatherless. I thought Baron's take on Luke chapter 15 this morning was brilliant. Without the Father, we have no great story. Without the Father, we only have sadness. And that's why we get to step in and be a part of this. Now, let me say this before we uh, talk a little bit further with some of the folks from Agape. Guys, if anybody in the world should get this, it's Christians. In fact, if you look at statistics, Christians adopt double the amount of people who don't know Christ. It's because we understand the importance of adoption. Listen to this powerful passage from Ephesians chapter 1. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Read with me. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. My friends, God receives pleasure when we come to him as his adopted children. Now, I want you to see this because sometimes I think we forget one side of salvation. Because here's the point I want you to see this morning. We have been forgiven and we have been adopted. We emphasize forgiveness a lot. Jesus crying on the cross to die for our sins. Why why do you want to be a Christian? Because you want to go to heaven. That's all good. But that's only part of the story. The other part is not only we've been forgiven, but we have also been adopted into this family. It's really a crazy courtroom. The idea of forgiveness and being blameless and being righteous is a legal term. It talks about being declared righteous in a court of law. And so here's the picture we receive when we put these together you're coming before a court of law, you are in trouble, you are guilty. You stand before the judge, God the judge is behind the bench. He has to bring his gavel down and pronounce you guilty. But when he comes to the sentencing phase, he says, you are blameless and forgiven because the blood of Jesus. And we go, wow, that would be enough for me. But guys, that's not the end of the story. That same judge who declared us innocent now invites us into his chambers where he says, not only are you innocent and forgiven, but you'll no longer be alone. I want, the judge says, to adopt you into my family. What an incredible, beautiful picture that we have. We've been declared righteous and adopted. And on top of that, God gives us within us his Holy Spirit. As the adopted children, we receive his DNA that changes our heart into his heart. What a beautiful thought. So we're the people who get it because it's been done for us. And this this is just the rule of thumb in Scripture, how God treats us, we treat people. And that's why Agape is such a wonderful organization. Steve Dewar is the executive director, and I'd like Steve to come up and talk with me just a moment. I always love talking with Steve because you know, when, when you talk to someone you know who loves their job, it, it inspires you. And here's a man who loves his job because he loves his kids. And you can't talk to him, frankly, without him getting teary-eyed about what's going on. I love that about you, Steve. Thank, Thank you me. so much for being his. So, a lot's happened in our culture since last year. I and mean, prayers for decades were answered. And we had the Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade.
4: Help us out. How has that changed the playing field in what you do? Well, at Agape, here's the difference we've seen. So that decision happened in June, late June. And at the end of July, we were serving seven pregnant women. The end of October, I'm sorry, end of September, we were serving 11 pregnant women. That's a pretty significant jump. The seven was pretty typical for us. Seven to 11, that's, that's a good jump. At the end of October, we're serving 17 pregnant women. Wow. And if you've heard me speak any over the last couple of years, I always say the average age of the moms that Agape serves is about 25 and a half. And half of them were already parenting other children. In the month of September alone, we had four phone calls for adoption inquiry from girls 14 to 16 years of age. So our population is changing and it's growing and that's stretching us in some ways.
0: So, so the numbers have gone up and the age has gone down. And so I want you to share with the church here the challenge Agape is facing for the first time in its history.
4: You know, Agape's always prided ourselves on we'll serve a mom, no matter what, no matter what her situation is, her plan is, we're going we're gonna to serve that mom. Because of the numbers we're seeing now, we've got a choice we've got to make. Either we've got to figure out a way to get more help or we're going to have to start making decisions which moms we can serve and which moms we can't serve.
0: Church, listen, listen closely to that. that. That's where we get to come in. We want to have, help Agape as much as we can so they don't can you imagine that choice to say we're gonna help you but we can't help you? And a lot of what we're doing today is to make sure that doesn't happen. So a challenge is, you know, a few moments we're gonna give and as, as Dan said earlier, everything above our regular, but everything above the regular budget. We set a goal of $18,000. We think that's way too low of what we wanna do. So, so be prepared for that. In fact, let me just spend a moment telling you how you respond to what you've heard today because the truth is, everybody's not going to adopt. Everybody's not going to do foster care. Some of you, that seed is going to be planted today that will come to fruit. But all of us are called by God to be a part of this. And so you, you've got this list in your lifelines, and so you can keep looking at this. But what are, what are five things you could do to be a part of? Number one is what we're about to do in just a moment. Give generously. Number two, pray consistently. You know, we act astonished, About Roe versus Wade, when actually that's what we've been praying for, and so prayers are powerful. Number three, and this is important, I will read this whole uh, sentence. Attend the interest and question and answer meeting that's going to be here at Landmark, hosted by the Landmark Foster Adoptive Families in Agape on Sunday, just a couple Sundays, December the fourth at four o'clock. If this has pricked your interest, then this is a meeting. To come and to ask questions and to find out more. You may be the next Lassiters and Phillips who step up in this church to make a difference. And then number four, something we all can do. Sign up to be a part of the support team for Landmark Foster and Adoptive Families. You can do that in the lobby today. You see, we want to come alongside the families who step out to do this and support them and make it. I mean, it's not ever going to be easy, but make it as easy as possible. And then there's a great organization here in Montgomery called Heart to Heart. You can sign up to volunteer with them. We used to try to do this on our own, but now we can go through an agency that serves the whole city where they provide clothes and needed items to River Region foster and adoptive families. So there's, there's a lot we can do. But here, guys, it starts right now. Let me show you our giving slide. And you guys have been so generous over the last couple of years. Our church has been so blessed. And this is another day for us to step forward. And so here are four ways that you can give. If you're writing a check, you just will drop it off in one of the basket of the doors when you go out. But I want to challenge all of you today just to look deeply, to pray about this and to think about this. I had one dear lady come to me after first service. She said, after hearing this presentation, I'd come with a a pretty challenging number in my mind, but I doubled it.
4: Hmm.
0: And so today we get a chance to make sure nobody's turned away you mind praying for us, Steve?
4: Be glad to. Let's pray. Holy God, we are, uh, as your children, we come around your throne knowing that we have a place of belonging with you. And Father, as we have this opportunity to give, to participate in your work with vulnerable children and expectant mothers in crisis, we pray, Father, that you will uh, be at work in our hearts call those of us who you are calling to foster care and to adopt father we pray that uh, the gifts that are given today will equip others to serve and that the the efforts that are done through this project will bring you glory and father for every single gift that's given today be it the money that goes to Agape or the money that stays here at Landmark, we just continue to pray for your blessing on the work that's done, that others will come to know you, that they'll get to see you in the things that are done, and that your name will be glorified in this city. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: Steve, before you leave the stage, and just leave the the offering slide up there so people can continue to give. Last year you started a story with us and it was inspirational then, but it's gotten even better. Would you, you go yeah. back and share that
4: again? So there's this young man we've been serving in foster care for several years now. And when he first came, he was 15, and he had this desire to get out of foster care as quick as he could. And he had done research and found out that if you're doing really well and you're 16, the judge can emancipate you, make you an adult early. And uh, so he told his foster mom, this is my plan. And she reached across the table, put her hand on his hand and said, honey, if you leave this house, I'm going to come look for you, find you and bring you back. And he said, what? And she repeated herself and went on to say, if you stay here, good things are going to happen. If you leave here, I don't know what's going to happen. The result of that conversation is he was left the table smiling. Because he had experienced that, that love that pursues, that love that looks for you, that Baron was talking about earlier. So, he's been there in that home a couple of years now. And he recently went on a youth retreat that was a week-long youth retreat. And on his way back from the youth retreat, he sends us his foster mama text that says, You want to know how I'm going to be around, how you know I'm going to be around after I graduate? And she said, how? He said, because all I want right now is one of your hugs. Mm. He's got belonging where he used to long for isolation and by himself. Mm. He's got permanency. Even though it's not legal, he's a part of their family forever. And you're a part of that story. In fact, because of days like today, buddy, in the last five years, Agape has doubled the number of foster homes we've been able to approve and the number of children we've been able to serve.
0: Amen. Thank you, Steve. Guys, give a hand to this man and the whole Agape team for what they're doing. Can't wait to see what we have been able to do together today. I want to remind you as we come toward the end of our service that God offers us the same thing that we're seeking to offer these kids. I love this story of a mom who says, you walk away from me, I'm coming after you. And the beautiful thing about the God that we serve is that He pursues us. And He still today offers forgiveness and adoption. And, and today, if you, come t- if you come to this assembly... And despite the fact you're sitting around a bunch of folks, you feel extremely lonely or even isolated. Maybe you've never come to Christ and experienced this incredible forgiveness, but I'm here to tell you today, it's better than even being forgiven. You're also adopted into a family where you'll never be alone again. And maybe today's the day that you want to surrender your life to Jesus. And the Bible would say, you could be born again of the water and of the spirit here today we hope you'll do that. Or maybe somehow you've become isolated. I talk to so many people so often and when they share with me, they're not feeling very close to God or their life has been caught in some kind of sin. They'll almost always say, you know, one thing I've been doing, I've been isolating myself. And that's one of Satan's great tactics. But God says to fight that, what I want to give you is a family where you'll never be isolated. Listen to what the theologian J.I. Packer says about our study today. Adoption is the highest blessing of the gospel. Listen to what he describes it. The traitor is forgiven, brought in for supper, and given the family name. To be right with God the judge is a great thing. To be loved and cared for by God the Father is even greater. And so this morning, I can promise you before you leave here, if you meet me on this front row, then number one, we're going to talk to that Father about your life. And number two, I can also promise you, because I know this church, you will not sit on this row by yourself. You'll be surrounded by brothers and sisters who want to live life with you. Now, our worship band has learned an incredible, incredible song called Brothers and Sisters. And uh, it's the words really pull together everything that's been said today. And so during this invitation song, I'm not asking you to stand. I'm asking you just to sit. And if you, you know the song, sing along or it becomes familiar with you. Join in the singing. But if, if not, it's okay just to let these words wash over you about who God is in your life, who we are for each other. And so let's listen to this song. If you need to meet me up here on this front row, I invite you to come at any point And just join in as you get ready. Thank you guys for leading us.